from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Lamar Mitchell joining us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. BetMGM, the director of the race and sports books, now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Lamar, how are you? Good. How about yourself? I'm going to throw you, uh, well, bad, because Andre Sechnikov is, is done for the season. This affects the Carolina Hurricanes. I know we were going to talk about some hoops here because of March Madness, but I am curious. Can you, like, pull up what the Canes were to win the Stanley Cup before this news? You know what? I am not at my desktop. Ah. No, I know I'm I'm putting you on the spot. I just thought maybe uh, I'd ask you that question given the news of the day. Yeah, sorry. That's a bummer. uh, That's a bummer. uh, Lost for words on that. So, back to hoops then. Um, this is this is the curiosity that I have because I know we talked to you ahead of the Super Bowl. Is it the Super Bowl or March Madness that ends up being kind of kind of nuttier in Vegas and everything else that goes on? Actually, it's uh, the crowds. Uh, Money wise, it's always uh, the biggest day is uh, you know the big football championship. But the number of transactions that we take uh, for this basketball tournament for the first four days, it's it's by far and away much busier as far as activity at the windows and activity on the phone apps. Uh, but this, the amount of sizable bets, it's always, uh, you know, when the, uh, the pro football championship always. Do you find yourself, since the public loves favorites, do you find yourself rooting against the favorites? Do you feel like, do you find yourself being the bad guy during the NCAA tournament rooting against <laughs> Absolutely. The people. I mean, it, it's it's pretty funny because you know when the when the Cinderella teams uh, they win that first one that first day you know you have all the Cinderellas and everybody's you know the popular Cinderella teams are always the 13 seeds and the 12 seeds uh, you know everyone's always been into those and we see one or two or possibly three every year where those teams advance. And so you get that weekend where you have those big upsets. But, yeah, I mean, it's mainly all favorites. Uh, you know, we wind up looking at the Blue Bloods in the uh, championship round that final Saturday. Is there a team out there that you guys would lose right now? A favorite? Uh, one of the, Kansas, maybe? Right now, it looks like uh, Houston's uh, not a good choice for us right now. Okay. Um, yeah, Houston's not a good choice for us. So I know that that's, uh, you know, uh, some of the uh, uh, other players out there who are rooting for Houston, uh, the house does not need Houston for us. <laughs> I know Mattress Mac took took the Cougars. Yes, I did hear about that. That is, uh, he's uh, all over Houston. You know the Astros, the Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you better believe it. If the uh, it's not the Texans, but the Astros and the uh, um, the Cougars, but. You better believe if the Texans ever were any good, he'd be all over those guys, too. <laughs> Can one guy affect the line? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, when uh, with a substantial bet, the way he's uh, betting, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, that could ultimately change your whole future book. I mean, for us with the Astros, it was, uh, you know, we were uh, fans of everybody except for the Astros. So, yes, one person with a substantial amount of money like that could definitely affect the line. We're about to get legal betting here in North Carolina. What, what should you know? Joe was asking the other day about 
going to the arena and, and just having the experience of having yeah. a sports book and L- L- Lamar would appreciate the time that I went to the sports book for the first for the time. $20. And I like, I had like 20 whole dollars to spend. And the guy at the desk was like, excuse me. Hey, yeah. The, the sheets over there, man, go but fill the, out what you want. But the black digital board yeah. with the green and the R or green or red or green and orange type, man, it, it just gets something in my veins going. Oh yeah, absolutely. Any bet, really, I mean, any bet that we take is a substantial bet. And I always tell people this, I say, hey, it doesn't matter if that guy has the bigger bankroll than you or you have the bigger bankroll. It doesn't matter because it's all really opinion and no one knows until, you know, the final score has gone off and, and you see who was right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, your opinion versus your buddy's opinion. He might have a little bit more money in his bank account because he's not married. You're married and the wife is uh, tugging on those, uh, you know, your savings. And she's like, hey, you can't, you know, your, your, um, your uh, allowance for this week isn't as much. And so uh, it's just, it's great to see uh, Betty when it comes to, uh, you know, guys and putting, uh, guys and gals putting their money where their mouth is. Did you fill out a bracket this week? I did not. I will maybe look at one of those later this week. All right. It, it's a lot of work, you know, with these brackets, you know, and you got to get the right bounce, as they say, here and there. Lamar Mitchell, MGM, we appreciate the time, as always. I know it's going to be a lot of fun out on the trip. One of these days I'm going to convince, and I don't know, maybe we can get Chad to, uh, hook us up. to hook us up here. Yeah, we want to do we want to do this show in Vegas <laughs> That's right. for Thursday and Friday. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That, those are the best days, Thursday, Friday. Uh, yeah, talk to Chad and tell right, Chad we really need to do this uh, so we can experience <laughs> this, so we can we can explain to our audience what it really is like. You know, yeah. you can't if you're a server at a restaurant, they always want you to try the food before you recommend it. To you're the right. Guests. You're right. I'll uh, I'll roll up with rolls of quarters this time instead of a crisp twenty dollar bill. Lamar, appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks, guys. Good luck this week. <laughs> Thanks, the OG, alongside Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Obi's. What? What? You and your, I got, I got, I got thirty dollars in quarters, three like, stacks, I, three stacks of ten stacks on stacks on stacks. You're like, I got five on it, dollars, <laughs> literally. This is your five bucks. <laughs> I would love to do a show out there though, because no, I've already, I've already no. dealt with you, no, on a distracted <laughs> level during no. the NCAA tournament. I would love to see what would happen in a sports book doing a show. With all the bells and whistles and everything else the, going for on. The, for the Hall of Fame game. What we need to do is go for the NFL preseason oh, when Harbaugh's coaching. Oh, That's geez. what we need to do. Just, you want to see me sweat. Just show up with like just <laughs> bundles of cash. Harbaugh's my guy. You want to see the sweat. Well, here's the thing as well. If we were doing it out there, it would be 12 to 3 local time. Mm-hmm. So you would have the whole rest of the day. And you know when I'm firing, Dennis. You exactly. know when I'm firing. You get on that West Coast I mean, time. Uh-oh. Letting you if, know. If y'all, if y'all listen to the first two segments of this show, you know what we mean. Just firing all cylinders. <laughs> Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. 
leave angry comments that we don't know what we're talking about when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. Pan- Panther fans, man, go hard in the YouTube comment section. They really do. My goodness. They show up. They really do. It's man. impressive. Like, so you guys are pushing this narrative. I was like, it's called takes, man. They're just they're just takes. They're just takes. Uh, the- it's all for clicks. Yes. Actually, in the case of YouTube, it is. It is. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be completely upfront about it when it comes to YouTube. Uh, with the radio show, it's the radio show. We're chilling for three hours. We're having conversations. Shout out to everybody who still listens to us on the traditional way. You guys get it. But on YouTube's a different beast. It's like put that right SEO keyword in. Mm-hmm. Make sure that the algorithm's working overtime to get some eyeballs for us. So, yes, I am doing it for the clicks on YouTube. What other person that does stuff on YouTube isn't? You're just doing it for the art? Nah, you're doing it for the clicks, baby. So, Yes. And for those who say you're doing it for the clicks, thank you for engaging. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Leave, yeah, leave the comment. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Leave leave the comment. So, uh, man, it's like two days in a row now where we're, like, talking about bummer stuff, man. Like, yesterday it's the Tar Heels and, and them saying no to the NIT, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But then we got the news that Andrei Sveshnikov is done for the year, had knee surgery. That was the speculation after Saturday's injury. Uh, he was held out of the game against Las Vegas. Uh, it was like, oh, okay, optimistic. He's we're going to take it easy, et cetera, et cetera. And then Elliot Friedman said, "Yeah, Canes are going to be getting a, a second opinion on this." And then the email came out at three thirty this afternoon that Sveshnikov's season is over, uh, and this is going to be a lot of. And I think that's the the real theme of the last two shows, the last two days of conversations. It's retroactively being right about something or hindsight being 50-50, 2020, however Cam Newton wanted to say it back in the day. The point is, there's this attitude that this is this is what I told you about the Carolina Hurricanes and the trade deadline. They should have been more active. They should have gotten somebody. I mean, they can't predict Andrei Sveshnikov's injury. If they could predict that, well, then they can predict other things and be ahead of the game. They couldn't have predicted that Max Pacioretty was only going to play five games. That's the real bummer of the entire thing. But they liked where their group was at. So they had added more depth with the $10 million in cap space. And now we're here. And I understand why uh, the, the spirits are down with Sveshnikov's injury. But we still got plenty of time left in the regular season to understand how they're going to pivot from here on out. This is not a sudden thing. Like if you're looking for any sort of optimistic way of looking at it is it happened now so there's no surprises going into the you know outside of more injuries going into the start of the playoffs i think you now turn to the jordan stall defensive line yes right and normally you expect that to just take care of the other team's top scoring line that's their role right Mm -hmm. well that's usually a luxury role now you're going to need jordan stall to score some goals in the playoffs it's certainly something he's capable of doing i mean it's not completely outlandish you know I, it's just hard to lose two of your top six guys, though, Joe. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I get that. this. Isn't the uh, I get that this isn't the '84 Oilers? I'm trying like, to be. I'm trying to just, be optimistic. You can't man. just peel guys off and expect you know Yari Curry to go down and then Gretzky to pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the difficult part of it. I also think the Eastern Conference is so much more difficult than the Western Conference. And I, I'm with you. The optimism can remain that they can win a round or two. But remember, last year. That's all they did last year. Yeah. You know, they kind of slogged through that first round against Boston. Then they fooled around and found out against the Rangers. So 
the skating is not going to get any easier this year. And that's just the unfortunate part of it. How many times do you really have a kick at this? I know when we talked to Tom Dundon, one of one of one of the things that he had kind of scolded us for was the window's going to be open for a long time. Our window's a lot bigger than you think. Yeah. And I look at Sebastian Ajo's contract and that's and Slavin's contract, Jacob Slavin's contract. Those are the two things I look at. And there's two years left on each. And mm-hmm. sure sure enough, they could redo. They could re-up Slavin. I expect them to give Slavin everything that he wants. Uh, but I do think they'll probably – I don't think Sebastian Ajo will sign with them again. Uh, so I do think that kind of affects your window. But I, I go back to that comment when he said, our window is going to be open for a long time. And I thought to myself, okay, I love the – I think I even said to him in real time, I love the confidence. But there is a reality to having a group together and being able to just see what that group can do. And I didn't disagree at the deadline when they didn't make a big splash move. Because what they were banking on was the players that they have could come together, be healthy, and make an actual run at this thing. Mm -hmm. Because we haven't seen that yet. Rod Brindamore hasn't had that luxury yet. And and that's what's disappointing to me is you see Don Waldell and and Rod Brindamore put together a team that can dominate in the regular season. But for whatever reason it might be, whether it's Freddie Anderson last year, two different years where Svechnikov's hurt, you know, it's just they just haven't had to have the ability to see their group be healthy and really make a run at this thing. That's Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast, Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there, five stars only. Positive vibes only. From the Carolina Hurricanes to the Carolina Panthers, we got a new mock draft, baby. Ready for, it's from our friend Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports. Love Ryan Wilson's mock drafts. So mock draft 2023, here's the headline, fan fiction at its finest. Raiders select top 10 QB despite Jimmy Garoppolo signing. Panthers take dot, dot, dot. You have a guess? I think based on Ryan's relationship with Jonathan Jones and what I've read from Jonathan Jones, feels like Bryce Young is the quarterback that the Panthers, as we speak, would fit their definition of what they believe is a franchise quarterback. That would be correct. The Panthers take Bryce Young number one. Here is Ryan Wilson's reasoning in the blurb. Young came in at 5'10 and an eighth, weighed 204 pounds at the combine, didn't take part in the drills. At the end of the day, it may not matter because if the Panthers consider him QB1, he's going off the board first. New coach Frank Reich has talked about the importance of size at the position, but Young is the most NFL-ready quarterback on the board which leaves C.J. Stroud going to Ohio State, several or to Houston, I should say. Several league sources told us that the Texans were high on Young, but clearly not high enough to pay to move up one spot to take him. Team desperately needs a quarterback, Stroud, who some teams are convinced will be in the mix for QB1, is the consolation prize, impressive during the season, et cetera, et cetera. He's a better passer coming out of Ohio State than Justin Fields. See, and you made a face. Why? I like Stroud and I like Fields, but man, it's hard to do the mental gymnastics if you're the Panthers mm-hmm. to realize you could have had uh, Fields without making a move two years ago. Yeah, and you you didn't like him. Yeah, so and that correct me if I'm wrong, but that was Scott Fitterer. Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of you know I don't know how much say Scott Fitterer well, had thing. compared we to Matt know. Rule. Yeah, you know Matt Rule's one was making all the money, so I can't yeah. imagine Matt if Matt Rule wanted Fields, he was overruled. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of relitigate some of that. Um, listen, if the Panthers get the quarterback right, good for them. Mm-hmm. Good for them. 
I'm still looking if you're, and I know the Texans certainly aren't going to do it for a variety of reasons, but I'm still sitting here going, you're the Jets. You're doing all this stuff for Aaron Rodgers, who's 100 years old, and Lamar Jackson's just over there, like, begging you to take him, to well, go get him. Speaking of right? Lamar Jackson, this is- like, what are these, these teams are obviously colluding by not going after Lamar Jackson. You, you cannot convince me otherwise. Some of this might also have to do with the fact that Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. We've talked about this before. Lamar, Lamar so that Jackson, just means you call him or his mom. Maybe. So maybe. it's just a proxy. An agent is just a proxy. So he, Adam Schefter had tweeted something about Lamar Jackson rejecting a contract last year that included $200 million in guarantees. And then Jackson used a gif that suggested that, that you know, disagree, you know, suggests disagreement with that contention. This is from, from profootballtalk.com. Jackson then tweeted 133, three years fully guaranteed, but I need an agent. Question mark. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and as, as Mike Florio over at profootballtalk.com pointed out, it's unclear whether he was offered a three year deal at 133 million fully guaranteed or that he's been offered one more recently. Uh, but the Ravens are by somebody else. It just doesn't say what the deal is. And I, I do think that some of this negotiation that they, that's taking place is that maybe people just don't want to deal with the fact that Lamar is doesn't have an agent. It's it's he's disrupting things. I, I honestly don't. Know. I'm grasping at no, straws I know. here because I, I don't know why. Right. There are times where you have to play the game. Yeah, play the game. Right. There's politics involved, and you have to play the game. I get that. Um, and of course, it's it's always interesting to see the information be leaked out there. Of course, and I would just say to you, if the if the Ravens wanted Lamar Jackson, and they wanted him to be signed and sealed and and building forward with him, they would have already done that. What I'm confused about is, you know, who one of the best rushing teams in the NFL was last year with with not even diet. I'm talking like zero sugar. I'm talking like tab version of Lamar Jackson here. Mm-hmm. The Falcons were were one of the best rushing teams in the NFL last year with Marcus Mariota. You're telling me they have no interest? Arthur Smith, who is an old-school f- smash-mouth football, I want to run the quarterback, wing T, basically, doesn't want Lamar Jackson in Atlanta? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, That's just straight-up collusion, and that's what I mean when I say that. Meanwhile, the New York Jets are still doing everything they possibly can to get Aaron Rodgers. According to multiple reports, Aaron Rodgers has sent the Jets a list of people he wants. They've already hired the offensive coordinator. I was going to say, and I also saw that Odell Beckham Jr. was potentially on that wish list. So on this uh, list of receivers that has former Packers receivers – Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Mercedes Lewis. Um, because that worked so well. In- yeah, it really did. And then, yes. Uh, the, I don't mind list, Lazard. But the the I mean, list includes point, Odell you know. Beckham Jr. So there you go. Randall Cobb. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I look at the Jets and what they're doing. The Jets have never done anything right. So it's usually probably a, a great sign for... The Packers that once again they're going to try to take off I mean, a geriatric quarterback off of their hands st- in the twilight of their career. Is Sterling Sharp still available? Bring him out of retirement, right? Uh, Jordy Nelson. Yeah. This is hey, at least Jordy won there. a Super Bowl with this Aaron. Is true. This is true. So here's what I want to happen. Here's what I want to happen. I want Aaron Rodgers to convince the Jets to do all of these things, okay, and then say I'm retired because that's what he's going to do. He's a troll. Aaron Rodgers is a troll. Oh, I'm going to make a decision quick because I don't want to make a big spectacle out of it. What's he doing? He's making a big spectacle out of it. 
And meanwhile, the Green Bay Packers are absolutely like, cool, dude, you, you let us know when you want to get traded and we'll trade you. That's essentially what they've said. But I don't think – I'm calling it right now. Dude's going to retire. Who gives Zach Wilson the redemption contract? Ooh. I mean, that had Matt Rule written all over Ooh, it. But yeah, it did, it did. But, you know. Maybe he still has eligibility. Maybe that's what Atlanta does. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. We went to the governor's mansion today. Uh, it's become an annual tradition dating back to when Adam Gold and I did the show. Uh, we'd go to the governor's mansion. He'd, un- he'd unveil his bracket. And uh, we'd all, oh, good job, and then move on. But but Jillio has come in to disrupt things. And now, uh, the last three years, uh, we find ourselves in almost like a... a a battle of wits, you know, like who's outthinking who. So you you did your bracket today before we went to the governor's mansion, right? I did. You bullied me into doing a bracket today. I feel like I was ready to like go cold turkey. Nah, 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 nah. But you you did the bracket. I think the way you should. You're right. I just I look scrolled through the games, went to the ESPN website. Yeah, man. I went thought about the teams that I've been talking about all year. Yeah. I didn't try to break down all of the Ken Palm. I did look. Yeah, but there's no reason to overthink it. But I didn't want to overthink it. You went with feel. I did. You went vibes. I did, and it does feel like 83. <laughs> it does. <laughs> just not in just the not way. in the way probably <laughs> either NC State or, or people that are used oh, to the fans oh, want. Oh, <laughs> does, does, does Gilio have, have State going to the no. No, remember there was a, there was a monster that they <laughs> that they slayed in the championship game. I think forty years later, maybe. I'm proud. Houston of you. gets their payback. I'm proud of you. So you went to Houston. I did. They're the team I've been talking about all year, being the best team in college basketball. Yeah, they're tough. You know what though? I think the days of pretty basketball are over. That's fair. And I think we got to stop looking for '09 Carolina. I think we got to stop looking for you know Duke's back-to-back champions mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. playing pretty basketball and moving it around and looking great on offense. You know, just look at the NBA draft. Look at the look at the players who are projected. The top two aren't in college basketball. Yeah, right. So you, you, the old days of looking through it and going, oh, okay, I'm going to take this team because they're number one in offensive efficiency. I just don't think you can do that, especially this year. I think there's a lot of ugly basketball, not in a bad way. It's, the, the it's, big, what it is what it is. The Big 12 was super athletic this year. I was super impressed with the Big 12 this mm-hmm. year. But they're not going to wow you. They're not going to wow you. Houston's not going to wow you offensively either. And, and, you know, the team who turned out to be the best in the ACC was Duke. And they, they played their own brand of ugly basketball this year. So I, I like their path. You know, once they get to the Garden, and I think they will get to Madison Square Garden, I'm not picking against Duke See. in Madison Square Garden. So that's where I have to go. You know, Joe was on to something here. Ovius was on Duke early, yeah. and I didn't believe it until I saw it with my own eyes. But John Shire has done a heck of a job in his first year. Here's here's my problem, and I'm going to need some people to talk me out of this. You 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 reference feels like '83. Mm-hmm. Totally get why. I I feel like it's 2010. Is that okay? And here here's the reason why. 
I feel like with Duke and Carolina and the rivalry, things are so tied to each other. Last year's run for North Carolina is tied to Duke's demise in the last two games against them. Mike Krzyzewski's career, blah, 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 blah. We've talked about it for a year now. But let's not forget that we've seen this before in the Duke-Carolina rivalry, where once one program thinks like, ah, we got you, whoopsies, there's a plot twist. And in 2009, this is where the context is important, in 2009 there was a similar sentiment that Roy Williams has come home, he just reeled off two national championships, and he just took Harrison Barnes, which was the prize recruit for Duke. Mike Krzyzewski is involved with USA Basketball, Let's not forget that there were Duke fans who were convinced that he was not prioritizing Duke basketball. He was distracted. Yeah, it was going to hurt help. recruiting. Hurt recruiting. Which is hilarious in retrospect. Because right? they didn't get John Wall yeah. from Raleigh. And yeah. then Kentucky was this monster out yeah. there. Number one most of that season. You know, Carolina was supposed to lap them. Mm-hmm. Kentucky was now the true blue blood. And then who was the last team standing in 2010? Oh, yeah, that's right. That was Duke. So I feel like a similar thing is happening where Coach K's career ends. People try to take that a bit further, saying like, oh, man, like, how does Duke recover from this? Well, looks like they've recovered just fine under John Shire in year one. And it's Carolina who's going through an existential crisis. While, well, in 2010, they went to the NIT and almost won the thing. Eh, Hubert Davis decided we're not going to the NIT. So that's where the whole feels like 2010 is coming into play, and by the way, this is not. I'm not. It's not just 20, 2010. You know, I we I gave Roy Cooper a 1993 Coca Cola championship Coca Cola. Okay, and what was 1993 about for K? It was the inverse. Same thing because it was Duke winning 91, 92, mm-hmm. K being on this Final Four eight time and ten year run, and you're like, oh my gosh, Duke's Duke's got Carolina's number. Dean Smith, the games passed him by. Right. Then they win the title in '93. So. You're right, and, and even Duke, after winning in 10, then they start their one-and-done stees, mm-hmm. right? Then you start really seeing these stars come to Duke. Then they win it in 15, and, and you're thinking, okay, Duke's got this thing. The very next year, Carolina, Marcus Page nearly win the national title. They all come back in 17, and they finish the job. So I'm not, every time you think one's going to pull in front of the other, there's usually a push right back. I'm not there yet, but if Duke gets to the Sweet 16, I will start using the hashtag feels like 2010. Uh, speaking of North Carolina and their decision to not go to the NIT, as expected, there are some repercussions of this coming out. Now, you and I are both in agreement that it did not make sense to go to the NIT. Just let the season die. Let it be over. Like if, if I want to go full Kylo Ren on you, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. And that's what I think Hubert Davis did. I am just killing this season. And I think the reason why was expressed on the coaches show last night with Jones Angel, where he talked about the the team feeling the burden of the year. They're not the first Carolina team to deal with the burden of going out there and winning a championship. But clearly this team did not handle it well. We talked about throughout the year, Um, The weight and the burden at times that I felt like this team um, carried, whether it was, you know, you know, handling, you know, the the expectations of this team being preseason number one. I think the weight of the expectations of this year's team looking like last year's team in March. And and I'd said a number of times this year's team is different (laughs) than last year's team. I think, you know, there was at times. difficult for our team to handle um, the noise from the praise direction 
as opposed to the criticism direction. And then, you know, it, it seemed like every corner there was more weight in terms of, are you going to make it to the NCAA tournament? Um, how many wins are you going to, you know, have? So that's Hubert Davis on the Coaches Show last night with Jones Angel. And here he is going into why they decided not to go to the NIT. There's many factors, you know, that you have to filter through in order to make that type of decision. You know, one of the things that you, you referenced was, you know, every decision that I make, whether it's personnel or team or anything, it's filtered through what is in the best interest of this program. And, you know, I felt like, you know, what was best interest for this program is to start the process right now in terms of building team and building this program and changing the direction that we all wanted to go. And, you know, those factors are, are a lot different now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the transfer portal is real. Um, it just opened up today. It's free agency now, NIL. And so there's a number of other factors that are different than when I played in college. And I just felt like in the best interest of the team, um, moving forward to prepare us for next season and starting that now was the most important thing to do. And that's that's the number one question that I have for Carolina moving forward, Joe, mm-hmm. is how are they going to handle NIL? Right. Because their strategy this past year was, hey, we're going we're gonna to try to go about this the way that it was intended to be set up. Armando Baycott has value as a star at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has said in, in published reports that he was in line to make more than a million dollars this year based on that value, yeah. right? But the way that other schools have gone about it, we've seen this more in football, but it happens in basketball as well. Uh, Nigel Pack at Miami reportedly got $800,000 to leave Kansas State and go play for Miami, right? Last year, Matthew Mayer left Baylor. Matthew Mayer was a a key part of their national championship team. He was their shooter, okay? When he left Baylor, you you can make the comparisons to the, the, the taller stretch four who happens to be white from the Big 12 to Brady Manick. They could, they could use it, right? right? But Mayer knew his value, and he wanted $500,000. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way, not in a nefarious way, yeah. but in a NIL way, out of the portal. And Carolina was like, we're not going to do that. You're welcome to come here and do what Armando and and and, and Caleb yeah, are doing yeah, and make and the money in the in the purity of NIL, right. right? But we're not going to straight up have the collective, you know, collective the come and pay for you. Right. And again, I'm not accusing anyone of doing anything nefarious. Mm-hmm. NC State, Pitt, Miami. That's the game. That's how you know the numbers can be more exorbitant. Yes, NC State's going to see Baylor Shireman on Friday mm-hmm. from Creighton. Mm-hmm. You might the name might sound familiar to you. Duke in the Paolo Bancaro K last year, he wanted six figures mm-hmm. out of the portal when he had left South Dakota. And Duke was like, No, you're a luxury. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we got to take care of Paolo. We got to take care of our recruits. Mm-hmm. So everyone has a different philosophy on NIL. So my fascination with Carolina, if you said to them today, Was Matthew Mayer worth half a million dollars? What would they say? They'd probably say, Of yeah. course he would be. They'd probably say, Yeah. So, but that's the adjustment that they have to make. Well, you know, you look at the success again that Miami and NC State had. And you go, okay, this is part of the game now. You and I have talked to Josh Pastner. We've talked to Steve Forbes. We talked to Kevin Keats. Mm-hmm. We've t- talked to Mike Bray. Mm-hmm. And these coaches all say the same thing. This portal and the NIL are completely different than anything we've dealt with before. And the schools that don't get on board with that are the ones that are going to get left behind. Even Jim Beheim had a guy who was ready. 
all the hypocrisy. All of the else. schools need a guy to now, be ready to so be competitive. About the transfer portal, yesterday we find out that Justin McCoy, who was already a transfer, is going to transfer again. Hey, he's got one more year. He's a Raleigh kid was started his career at Virginia, ended up at Carolina, was yep. never really used that much. Tyler Nickel also transferring. Now he may have potential as a shooter. We did we didn't see a whole lot of him during ACC play. And Demarco Dunn told Brian Hanks out in Kinston. He uh, works for was it uh, was it nine sixty a.m. out of Kinston. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting Don my players Styles confused. Don Styles. Kinston. Dunn is from Arizona. That's right. I'm getting my I'm getting my players confused. Donches Styles does a weekly hit with Brian Hanks yeah. out in Kinston, and he was open about the fact that he wanted to play in the NIT. Number one, and that was coach's decision. Two, he'll make a decision as to sure. whether or not what's going to go on with the transfer. But again, I brought up those other names. If you look at the minutes played, Dontre Styles did not really play a lot of minutes. Uh, Chris over at Dagon Box Scores put together a list of players from February one on. He only played thirty five yep. minutes out of the possible four eighty. So, I'm not saying this is the trend. I'm just saying it could be a trend. Something to keep an eye on.